You're listening to The Whiskey Philosopher with Jeff Cooper on the Ignotainment Media Network. Undistilled thoughts, blended opinions on the rocks. Please listen responsibly. All right, here we are. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to The Whiskey Philosopher. We're on episode seven at this point, which is, uh, we're getting there, Chris. We're getting there, you know, episode seven. Before you know, it'll be episode 700. Um, I hope you all enjoyed last week's episode with Jesse Herman. It uh, was a lot of fun. I had a great time talking to her and hearing her story. And if you didn't hear that episode, please go download it and have a listen. I think you're going to enjoy it too. Um, Our download numbers for this podcast have literally gone through the roof in the past few weeks. We're listed on the new and noteworthy section in the iTunes podcast store. We've broken into the top download group in our category. So really, thanks to all of you who are making that happen. We really, really appreciate it here. Um, And if you want or need to find us outside of the iTunes podcast store, you can download Stitcher on your Android device and subscribe that way. You can go to, directly, the source, thewhiskeyphilosopher.com, and download it every week. You can follow us on Twitter at Whiskey Philosopher, Facebook, etc. If you have any questions, comments, reviews, or for that matter, um, suggestions for whiskeys or bourbons to taste or topics to cover, feel free to email me at jeff at com. We're continuing to get a lot of... Uh, a lot of great emails, and in, in particular, a lot of supportive emails, and I want to thank you all for that. Um, as you know, on this podcast, I've got a couple of goals. The first goal is to uh, is to taste a good whiskey every week. We're going to try to do that again this week. And the second thing is to talk about interesting ways that really the the philosophy of life affects us every day. And at the end, what I really hope is that it's just worth the hour that you give us each week, and I want you to know that I'm appreciative that you take the hour to listen. Um, the whiskey that we're going to taste today is called Defiant. It's, it's an American single malt whiskey from North Carolina. So it's, it's, a, it's a whiskey in Scotch tradition, uh, but made in North Carolina. I'm going to come back to its details when we taste it later on the show, um, but it's a really interesting process they go through, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. On a side note, by the way, last week we talked about Jefferson, or excuse me, we tasted Jefferson's Reserve Whiskey last week with with Jesse Herman, and I talked about its highly sought after brother, Jefferson's Ocean. That was the one that I said last week that they're um, aging at sea. Uh, well, I was lucky enough to have the opportunity to taste Jefferson's Ocean uh, this past week, and all I can say now, really, in the hopes that I can save a real v- review for a later episode, is wow. I mean, go find it as soon as you can. And partake. It is it is fantastic, um, and so for the folks who enjoy their Jefferson's uh, bourbon out there, um, try to find Jefferson's Ocean. It's very very good. Um, so we're going to come back to whiskey later in the show. Um, right now, what I want to do is I want to introduce my guest for this week, Jim Cromer. Jim is a, a longtime friend, longtime youth baseball parent, baseball coach, baseball administrator, and really general baseball devotee. Uh, he is the host of the largest youth baseball podcast in the business right now called Youth Baseball Talk, uh, which you can find on the iTunes Store, Stitcher, or you can go to youthbaseballtalk.com, youthbaseballtalk.com, and download uh, Jim's podcast, all about uh, youth baseball. 
Jim and I today are going to talk about the mentality and philosophy surrounding youth sports, particularly the parenting aspect, the coaching aspect. Uh, Jim, how are you, buddy? I'm doing fantastic, and thanks for the intro, buddy. Hey, no problem. we got to turn on your mic to, to make you yeah. an official podcast guest, but I'm glad we've done that. Um, so you have, uh, before we go really deep into how we're all irreparably scarring our children's psyche uh, <laughs> through being psychopathic <laughs> sports parents, um, I want to give you a chance to plug your show. I'm a subscriber. I love the show. It's absolutely fantastic. So have at it. Give your show a plug. Well, I, you know, like I said, thanks for the intro. It it has done, you know, better than my wildest dreams up to this point. I mean, it, it's where we hoped to get. I didn't think we were going to get here this fast. And, you know, the show really, uh, and, and what's great is that the show's uh, birth really came from an idea that I had a long time ago. Uh, the first time I ever read the Matheny letter, and I don't know if uh, if you ever read it before you and I had talked, but you know, if, if you're not familiar with it, if, uh, you know, get on the old Google machine and, and Google the Matheny letter. And I'll tell you, if you're a youth parent um, of, of, you know, of a child that's playing any type of sport, it, it is a ba- it's about baseball, but it applies to every sport. Um, it'll really make you think about what we're doing. And uh, for me, when, you know, you and I talked about podcasts and the growing and, and how they were just blowing up, I thought, you know what, I'm going to try to do something here and try to be part of the solution as opposed to part of the problem. So, you know, just through you and producer Chris, we come up with the idea to bring information to parents. Um, not We're not saying we're right. We're not saying we're perfect. And I think, uh, and you know one of my guests, Darren Hendrickson, he says all the time that if anybody tells you they have this thing figured out, they're, they're lying because there is no real 100% answer. Basically, all we're saying is, hey, let's think about what we're doing. So, the podcast has been great. Um, you know, it's 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 been on the news and noteworthy. The the downloads are increase every day, and uh, you know, as they rapidly skyrocket up, I I sometimes think, who's listening to this stuff? But right. you know, but uh, the guests are fantastic. And in fact, uh, tonight uh, we'll be releasing our most uh, anticipated show. I was, you know, so fortunate to actually interview the gentleman that was behind the the, the belief that this could happen. That was Mike Matheny. You know, he released a book, and I know you're a reader, and I got you a copy. I don't know if you've had to do it yet, but, you know, he released a book called The Matheny Manifesto, A Young Manager's Old School Views on Success in Sports and Life. And, you know, uh, my producer Chris and I were able to to meet him at his book signing, and we told him what we were doing, and he so graciously offered to do the show. And uh, and he did. He came on, and I'm just – it's going to be released here in a couple of hours, and – you know, I can't wait for everybody to hear it. So Youth Baseball Talk this evening is releasing your interview with Mike Matheny, manager of the St. Louis Cardinals. Absolutely. And if I, if you would have told me six weeks ago when we started this that um, I'd be interviewing Mike Matheny uh, on my podcast, uh, my little old podcast, I would have thought you were crazy. But uh, it was a goal. You know, I think you have to set goals. And, and from day one, I think I had told you that that was my goal yeah. and to do it. And, and really, we've been sitting on it for a week and a half while we're editing it, make sure it's done correctly. We're, we've been working with Mike's people on the social media end to make sure we all, you know, get this to where it needs to go. So, you know, in three or four weeks to meet one of our goals was kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, impressive uh, for us. I know that. No doubt about that. Well, that's great. So if you, if for all the folks out there who have kids that are, that are uh, youth sports aged or, or are about to be there, or if you're just interested in it, or if you like Mike Matheny of the Cardinals, uh, you might want to go to Youth Baseball Talk, download that, and listen to that in addition to all of the other episodes of it. Which, you know, it's it's interesting. Um, obviously, I've got, a, I've got a son that plays baseball, and um, it's, it's 
as you look at baseball, many people believe baseball is a metaphor for life. Baseball is very hard. Life can be very hard. So does does the fact that baseball really, does, with all of its disappointments and the fact that it's sort of a failure based sport in the in, you know in the underlying uh, um, facts of it, does it does that make it easier or harder to teach kids life lessons via baseball? I personally think you know it. I, I don't know that it's easier or harder, but I think you're dead on in the fact that I'll have conversations, and, and I know that uh, your your boy and Tyler are semi close in age. But I'll have conversations with them about baseball, and we'll get into, you know, what should have been a two-minute conversation will turn into a 20-minute conversation that will turn into what he's really doing. And at the end of it, I'll just look at him and say, and you still think I'm talking about baseball? And he'll look at me, and I'll say, you know, it, it, the, the movie um, A League of Their Own, mm-hmm. you know, it's about women's baseball, and it has some of the best quotes. And one of my favorite is it's supposed to be hard. The hard is what makes it great. I, and, you know, I, that's just like life. I mean, how much is easy? I mean, you know, and failure, failure's tough. I mean, Absolutely. get used to it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and speaking of those life lessons, maybe we should take one quick step back to, to talk about Matheny, Mike Matheny for one second and his new book that came out. Because I know that originally it was, it was Mike Matheny's letter that sort of made you reexamine where you were as a baseball coach, really, at the end of the day, where you were as a parent of, of, a, of a youth sports player. You want to go through a little bit of what the letter talked about and a little bit of the Matheny theory, uh, just to give a snippet. Obviously, you know, listen to the extended interview and for sure go out and read the book, but just you know, give the cliff note version of, of the Matheny doctrine, if you will, the Matheny manifesto. Well, the, the, you know, I, I think back and I, you know, I'd be lying if I said I remember the exact moment I read the letter or found out about it, but it was, it was, you know, it was right after it come out, and and it was easy because it was kind of a social media sensation, and and he even alluded to that, you know, that nobody yet has stepped up and said yes, I'm the one that put it on the internet, but once it hit the internet, it went crazy. So, I, you know, I'm sure through one of my many friends that are involved in baseball, they said, hey, have you checked this out? And I went on and read it, and when and I even told Mike this that when when I heard that there was this letter. And it was to youth parents, ten years old. Uh, the first thought, and knowing Mike as he as he was not knowing him personally, but you know he's he's a you know this guy was a great catcher, big man. He's a devout Christian, things like that. My first thoughts on the whole thing were, he's going to write this letter telling us we're all crazy and that, that they're just they're just kids and we should we shouldn't be this, shouldn't be that. I read the letter and that's not what it was. Basically, it was a letter to the parents saying that you know we parents. Were what, were what we were what was wrong. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and as far as the kids were concerned, what I got out of it was, no, we don't need to baby them. In fact, whether they're 10 or 16 or grown men, they need to be accountable for their actions. And I think if you read the letter and you read the book, you know, every point that he makes lends itself to, to, to your initial point of their life lessons. And he talks in there just as much about building them as young men as he does is making them great baseball players. Because I think the reality that he accepts and other people sometimes do not is that you don't know that these guys are going to – just because they're playing baseball at 10 doesn't mean they're going to be playing baseball at 16. So he's much more concerned with who are we raising, what kind of person are we building. Now, there are tons of things that happen in the game of baseball that are relatable to life, to, to your point. Failure being one of them, um, how you carry yourself, uh, dedication to a team, taking responsibility – all great things that you know he you know he, he talks about things like Gatorade you know don't don't 
if they need a Gatorade, let them go get it themselves. You know, they don't need to <laughs> have mom bring the Gatorade in the dugout, which we've all seen happen a thousand times. Um, you know, but it's it was just unbelievable. And then he and then he turns it into this book, and the chapter in the book about the, you know what happened to the love of the game, you know that took me to a whole nother level because it took me back to being ten, eleven years old of playing ball in the backyard versus get in the car with mom and dad and go to my select baseball game. Now, you know, we live in a different world and that's fine. But our good friend Coach Hendrickson on my show had a just profound statement and it's very simple and he said, I think we have too many and this goes for all sports. This isn't just baseball. We have too many kids playing organized sports and not enough kids playing unorganized sports. Mm -hmm. And I think that's very telling to what's going on. The organized sports at a young age require parents to be involved because we got to get them there mm-hmm. but when you were 10 11 12 i know look at some of the stuff we did together our Absolutely. parents weren't around yeah you know we made up the rules we decided how we were going to get along you know when there we we got in arguments with one another safe out say so what do we do okay we're going to paper you know that's like he said paper paper rock scissors to see who's safer out so i think that's a big part of it you know it's not hey baby them it's hey let them let them handle it. Let them deal with failure. Let them do it. Yeah, it's interesting to me because I – and thank you for the gift of the book. I appreciate that. I got that uh, and I read it. Um, and it is a striking book, particularly coming from a pro baseball coach because, to your point, you you, f- you feel like you're going to get one end of the spectrum or the other. You're going to get the, hey, it doesn't matter at all. Just hug your kids and they'll be fine, which you do not get in this book. Or the flip side, listen, you got to be hitting – 10 hours a day and pitch in three hours a day and, you know, be all on. It's got to be baseball 100%. And it's certainly not that either. And what struck me is that, you know, this is a very specific book for baseball. But to your point, it is it is a bigger it, – it, it's, it's, um, it's applicable to any sport and really any activity. It doesn't matter whether it's dance or it's chess club or it's baseball at the end of the day. It's how you interact with your kids and how you teach them those lessons. And – and so it's a, and and I the the really good news is there are now shows like your show that are talking about these things in very real terms and 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 current terms, and there are a lot of people on social media that I think you can follow for whether it's really good instruction or it's information like this and ways to handle the various situations as your kids mature. Who are your favorite folks on social media to, to, to follow that, that you think, whether it's just instructor-type stuff, not, not the videos. I'm talking like follow on Twitter or mm-hmm. Facebook or whatever um, for, uh, for overall good information about youth sports. Well, I've got a great mix. Um, you know, I kind of, it's kind of like friends. I, you know, you have your close friends and then you have your acquaintances. I, I look at guys I've never met personally like uh, Coach Matt Lyle um, out of California. He's a guy I follow on Twitter and on Facebook. He – I mean, it's like the guy just sits around and finds tweets or quotes or information that applies to everybody. I mean, it's amazing how, you know, you'll be thinking about something and you'll see a tweet or, or an article come out from the guy dealing with something. And it's all helpful. It's all great information. Um, he's fantastic. Um, I like Troy Silva. He wrote a book called Nine Innings of Hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, work, I'm efforting to get him on the show. Uh, he takes a very real approach. You know, he he's a no-nonsense guy. There's a lot of talk with baseball that – we're making the kids too mechanical. I think the other day you were in when I had a couple coaches in and we were talking about the kids being too mechanical. This this guy's kind of like John Daly with golf. Get Grip it and rip it, you know. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, we work on, on technique, but, man, when you get in the box, grip it and rip it. He's great. Um, there's a guy out of Chicago that my cousin actually had turned me on to, Justin Stone from Elite Baseball. 
he was one of the first guys, social media-wise, um, you know, looking on YouTube or, or anything, that I found that I watched everything he did. And the reason was uh, everything he did was the, the verbiage, the, it was all applicable to whether the kid was 9 or 16. I thought it was just unbelievable how this guy could make things so understandable for any kid of any age. So he was great. And then, you know, uh, very lucky locally, you know, I, I love Darren, our friend Darren Henderson, Coach Henderson over at SLU. He's got such a great outlook on, you know, what really should be going on with youth baseball. And he's a great resource. I know for both you and I, we, we talk to him all the time. We, he's probably tired of talking to us. But he's great. Um I just started a new segment on my show, um, and it was and it was really because you know, like what you're asking. I I had a lot of emails from people basically saying, "Jim, we love the show. Um, you know, audio is a little tough to get real instruction from. So, is there any way we could get you know maybe some some visual aids?" So, we added a new uh, a new thing to the show called Coach's Corner, and we go around the horn each episode with uh, what we are which what is now our youth baseball talk instructors and. One of them is uh, our pitching guy is a friend of yours, Brian DeLunis, over at Premier Pitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have uh, Brian on every week, and he's basically just going to give us a quick tip. And then what you can do is you can go to our website at youthbaseballtalk.com, and you can actually see him working on what he's talking about. And then there's a way for you to contact him on there. And then obviously Josh Keel, his strength and conditioning instructor, he'll get involved because now we're getting ready into the off season. So now is when kids will try to maintain strength, things like that. Rick Strickland over at St. Louis Elite is our hitting instructor. You get on there, this guy can, you know, this guy can, you know, he helps guys that are in the major leagues right now. Mm-hmm. So this guy is really working with some, some top-level hitters. And then Jeremiah Naxtat right over here in Illinois is our catching instructor. So, you know, we have a great resource, whether it's local or nationally, to follow. But the thing about every one of these guys is they really are in the business of trying to help your athlete get better. And you know, do, they're not doing it for free. I mean, that's usually the argument that comes up. Oh, well, these guys are all... Of course they are. I don't work for free. You don't work for free. But, you know, these guys do this for a living. So, uh, you know, and, and I found them to be pretty trustworthy when it comes to dealing with your kid and being honest. And, you know, it's a, it's a tough thing because there's nothing guaranteed. But these guys are generally doing it because they love it. And I think that's important. No, there's no doubt about that. It's it's absolutely important. I think, you know, it's it between... Uh, all of the all of the folks that you just mentioned, the Mike Matheny book, another book that was recommended to me as a good tool, and and this is an overall tool. This certainly is not baseball specific. This is really life specific. But um, but I want to mention on the show because I do think so highly of the book. There's a, a book called um, The Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin. Um, it's it's basically the art of repetitively mastering each micro step of a particular movement, and then the mindset that goes along with it. And, you know, it's both muscle memory and mind memory, if there is such a thing, but associating certain feelings with certain movements. It's an amazing book. Um, Josh, Wait- Josh Waitzkin is the kid. I don't know if you ever saw the, the movie um, uh, Searching for Bobby Fischer about the the chess prodigy, right. the kid that was seven or eight years old, started playing chess right. in Central Park. Mm-hmm. That's this kid oh, who's, okay. who's grown up. He's a world chess champion. He went on. Now he's a martial arts champion because he just loves to learn things, and mm-hmm. and off he goes. The book is is absolutely fantastic for baseball in particular. It's been very helpful um, for uh, for me as a parent in in watching my son go through these things as they as they do. Um, and so add that to the repertoire because I think 
that that book, number one, just life-wise, is a fantastic book. But for, for sports or for anything else, it's really good, really good as well. Um, so let's go back to the philosophy side of it. And this may be an impossible question. And if it is, just say, I'm not going to answer it. <laughs> uh, how would you sum up your coaching philosophy in one word? Now or five years ago? Right now. Because i got to be honest. With with everything you've learned. Because here's what I can say about you. Above and beyond having a, a great podcast and everything else, you are the most curious guy I may have ever met in my life. You're, you're always trying to get better every day, always trying to seek out other people. You take everybody's advice. You internalize it, and you, you go out and you, and you try to live it You know, one way or the other if, if it's what you're looking for. And so right now there's nobody that I know – who has thought about this more, lived it more, still goes out and coaches 11-year-olds in baseball, 12-year-olds in baseball, and watches kids that are 16, 17 in baseball, and follows college, and follows the pros, and the whole nine yards. And so I know that that through all that learning and, and soaking all of those things in like a sponge, you've got a much different philosophy on coaching kids today than you did five years ago. What would it be today? I wanted to say the word – I wanted to be, you know, proper and say the word development, okay, because that's what we preach. But thinking about it – now, you giving me 45 seconds to think about it. The word I'm going to use is preparation, and that people are going to go preparation. Preparation, um, the more I think about it is because, you know, we're preparing them for whatever. And that's, that's – I'm just being honest with that. Uh, whether it's baseball, life – you know, being you know, being a good, just being a general overall good person, but it's preparation, and you know, it takes a. It, I don't think the parents sometimes understand how hard it is to be a good baseball player, to be a really good baseball player. It takes a lot of preparation, just like anything in life. So we ask kids every day, you know, are you working at home? We we say it all the time. You're not going to get better working here once or twice a week. You know, are you preparing? You know, what are you doing? Now, with our kids being 12, we talk about before practice, you know, is everybody prepared to practice? Meaning, you know, are, are we done messing around? Are we done horse? You know, are we here to work? You know, preparation. Uh, you know, kids struggling, you know, are you preparing? Are you thinking about it? So then, you know, as those kids get older, I think of my son, and I know, you know, Jack's at that age. You know, your boy, you know, are you prepared? You know, okay, now forget baseball. Are you prepared for life? Mm-hmm. You know, school's not easy. You know, things change. You become, you get to high school, there's girls there now. You know, you get a driver's license. So, you know, the, uh, then all of a sudden you graduate and you don't, you don't have to show up for school every day when you're 18 now all of a sudden. You know, nobody's tracking your attendance. So mom and dad aren't finding out. Are you prepared to handle the responsibility that comes along with whatever it is? And, and I've talked to my son about this. Are you prepared for the responsibility of whatever it is that you become passionate about? Because... I've told him this sooner or later. I don't know what I don't know what it's going to be, and he doesn't know now either. And he's honest about that. Something's going to happen that you're going to become passionate about something. Right now, he really likes baseball, and and he's you know he's working hard at school and things. But I don't know that that's what it's going to be. But it's going to be something, and that is: Are you prepared to do what's necessary to go after whatever it is you're passionate about? And I think that's. You know, at the end of the day, what we're really doing. Now, are we having fun? Sure we are. Baseball's great. I mean, I love baseball. Well, that goes to my next question. So my next question was going to be, what should what should coaches stress to their parents every single year, regardless of age? And and 
here's here's where my where my mind goes on that. That was going to be my next question. <laughs> Sorry. Give, give, no, no, you're fine. <laughs> no, no, you're fine because because the the answer then is hey, have your kids prepare. But then that gets back to the Matheny letter, and, and should that actually be your message to the parents, have your kids prepare, I think that's your message to your kids, right? Because you, they have to prepare on their own time. They have to tell, you know, they have to decide in, in their own mind that they're going to do it. Parents can't make their, in my opinion, some do, parents can't make their kids do all the work. They can't, it, it can't be like, cleaning your room or cleaning the kitchen or taking the dog out, right? It's got to right. be it's got to be something that comes from inside the kid. So the message to the kid is what you're talking about, preparation and prepare. Right. What really is the message to the parents? Well, my message to the parents as I've gotten better with this is you kind of have to let them go a little bit. You know, I've been pretty fortunate. I haven't, you know, I I you know, we've all heard stories and we've all seen things happen. I've been really fortunate over the years with my parents. You know, my thing to them is this, and I've, I've, it's never really gotten to this, but, you know, if I ever did have an issue, I would say, you know, you've in, you have, I uh, believe, entrusted them to me for this. Now, you know, you know what I do. You know how I do it. You know, again, not always perfect, but, you know, you've entrusted me to, to be their coach. You know, any parent, I think, that looks at a baseball coach, hockey coach, soccer coach, any coach – and just expects them to impact their son or daughter's life as, as a coach of that sport is I'm not going to use the word delusional, but I think you're 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 not being truthful with yourself because I you know we've all we've all noticed this. It's amazing how a 12 year old looks at his coach, and that's the responsibility factor that we talk a lot about on my show. And we maintain that coaches need to be coached. You know, we talk about the kids all the time being coached. Coaches need to be coached because. Whether you want to believe it or not, you are a major influence in these kids' lives. And, you know, to me, the parents need to learn just as much as the kids. And it's hard. I'm a parent, too. I'm a dad. I, you know, I, I want so hard to help them not fail. But at the end of the day, they have to do it for themselves. To your point, they have to want to do it for themselves. And, you know, I, I, I've given parents latitude only because – I think when it's your child, you just it's just you're just so emotionally involved, and you know we we go through that. If we're not protecting them, who's protecting them? But if we really step back and think about what are we really protecting them from? I mean, it's it's a game right now. Yeah, we have, we have a we have a rule in our house. I talk to my kids about this on a regular basis. I'm not here to protect you. Now, when you're obviously very little, that's what I'm here. I'm here to prepare you for whatever situation you're going into, which means prepare mentally, physically, whatever it might be. As, as you go into it, and as particularly as a baseball parent, it's one of the things that drives me crazy. People just flat out don't trust their own kids, which means, by the way, to me, that they don't even trust their own parenting. Because if you have a 12-year-old child, you've spent the last 12 years rearing this child. Hopefully, you've taught them right from wrong. You've taught them, you know, all these other things. If, if the best you can do when they're out there pitching is to scream, <laughs> throw strikes! <laughs> As though the as though the twelve year old kid doesn't know that he's supposed to throw strikes as a pitcher, it drives me up a wall. And so, to your point, I think I think far too many folks worry about protecting their kids when really what they need to do is prepare them. And and that preparation is the same thing for the parents, right? When so actually, the more I think about this as we're as we're talking through it, I think it is your message to parents is prepare. 
and your message to kids is prepare, but you don't mean for the parents to prepare the kid. You mean the parents prepare themselves yes. to get ready yes. to then let the kid go out, enjoy the game, enjoy themselves, and do what they came to do. Now, if the kid, if there is a teaching moment in the game that is a, that is a, a, a you know, sort of a X's and O's teaching moment, right, where they've done something wrong in a baseball sense, that's on the coach. If your kid goes out and performs in a way or does something that is morally wrong or awfully wrong, then I'm fully okay with the parents stepping in. But outside of that, leave your kids alone. That's my the way that I look at it. No, and you do a good job of it. And, you know, I'm going to probably embarrass you here, but um, obviously I'm around Jack a lot, and he's an impressive kid. I mean, he really is. I I tell you all the time, because I'm with him sometimes and you're not around taking him over to baseball and stuff, and I can tell that you've done a good job with that if, and, and if that is truly what your sole purpose was because he is wise beyond his years and that just may be, you know, he's, he's mature or whatever, but he gets it, you know. And, and you know what? I feel bad sometimes on my own show because I feel like sometimes all we do is bag on youth baseball, but the reality of it is, and I'm, and I'm so proud of an episode that Chris and I have coming up and, and, and I'll tell you a little more about that later, but there's a lot of good stuff going on oh, yeah. and your boy is one of them. You know, but you know the but preparing the 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 parents is absolutely correct. Because let me tell you, I'm dealing with it right now. As a parent, my only advice would be is this: you better prepare because it's coming, and I'm dealing with it. I have a I have a 16 year old son in high school that seems like he was just six the other day. Yeah, and I you know I watch him leave the house in his car, and I can you know I've told him numerous times. Making good decisions when we're around is very easy, but the decisions you make when we're not around are what we hope you, we prepared you for. Exactly. And to this point, you know, <laughs> you know, Great knock day. on wood, yeah. no, 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 no problems. But he, but you know, what, what do I expect him not to be human? Right. You know, and and I have a good friend that says this all the time too. You know, when they're younger, they need to go out and mess up a little bit. Yeah. You know what? I mean, if you have a kid that's never, you know, has never uh, done anything wrong. You know, it's boy, coming. It's, it's coming, coming. <laughs> you know. So, I mean, I remember stealing an R2-D2 from Venture when I was about when I was about 10 years old and my mom taking me back uh, and making me hand it to the lady behind the counter. So, yeah. you know, so, you know, I, I but but yeah, I, you know, prepare because it is coming. And if you don't let them learn how to fix some of their own mistakes, hey, you're not going to be there on Friday night. And I, you know, this may not be a popular statement. You're not going to be there on Friday night when they're a junior in high school and somebody passes them a beer. No, that's exactly right. You're not going to be there. So, you know, and, and you let me may, tell you, you may something. may not be there if they're there in venture and that R2-D2 sits right. right there. <laughs> but when you ask mom for it and she says no and you get home and you're playing with it and yeah. she says, where'd that come from? You're in big trouble. <laughs> but no. So, yeah, I mean, I, that's, the, that's the analogy I use all the time. I, I'm not going to be there when somebody hands you a beer. Um, you got to make the decision. And I've raged you to know right from wrong. Do I expect him to be perfect, and would I hate him if he accepted it? No. I mean, but it's just something we talk about because here's the deal. You can say, well, I don't want to hear that. Well, if you want to bury your head in the sand, go right ahead. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to you know, deal with it prepare. and try to deal – well, yeah, I'm going to try to deal with it, prepare before it happens. That's exactly yeah. right. And probably in the worst segue in the history of segues, <laughs> let's go from somebody offering your kid a beer to actually tasting whiskey. Yes, um, let's. And so – <laughs> the uh, the whiskey that we have today, and we'll take a take a quick interlude, and then we'll come back to a little bit more uh, the philosophy of you know what's at, at the end of the day, 
it's sort of the philosophy of raising kids. It's in the context of coaching baseball and youth baseball. But um, anyway, the whiskey for today, because when you raise kids or coach baseball, you certainly need whiskey. Yes. Um, maybe not at the time, but in the aftermath. After um, the game. Exactly. Okay. So the whiskey today is called Defiant, D-E-F-I-A-N-T. It is an American single malt whiskey from Blue Ridge Distilling Company in Golden Valley, North Carolina. Jim, I did some research on this. This is going to interest you, I think. Because I know you like whiskey; it's a, it's, a, it's a nice drink. You don't you don't overly imbibe, but you you enjoy it periodically. So, give you a little history. So, single malt whiskey. What single malt means, by the way, is that the grains used or the grain used to make the whiskey is one single type of grain, comes from one single source, and is distilled at one single distillery. And what I learned in my research is that to find an American single malt is actually really rare because we have this tendency to blend all of our grains together, which is how we get Tennessee whiskey, how we get bourbon, those types of things. And so so this is unique in that it's a single malt made in America. So very, very unique in that. Defiant has an, is, an, is unique in another way as well because they don't use barrels to age their whiskey. So they, they instead keep it in a whiskey silo and they put spirals of white oak in the whiskey to age the spirals and hopefully sort of hyper age the whiskey um so it's kind of funny on their on their their website they ask you know why put whiskey in a barrel when you can put the barrel in the whiskey oh okay not sure what that means but it's certainly interesting um and so anyway we'll taste we'll taste the defiant here jimbo and and see what you cheers cheers to you thanks for having me on again Wow. So. Uh, when I was reading on here about the grape right out to the flavor, I, I was like, hmm, but man, that is really good. And does. you can taste that at the end. No, you can. It's, it's really, really interesting. So we've, we've got some tasting notes from, from, uh, from this whiskey. Uh, the, the funny thing to me, so the tasting notes say that, that, it, that it would taste of cinnamon and brown sugar and then it's got some grape on the way out, which it certainly does uh, on, on all of those things. Heavy on the cinnamon to my, to my taste buds. Um, but really, really good. The really interesting thing to me is that this whiskey smells so different than what it tastes like. Like a lot, most most of them, the as they say, the the nose and the the, the mouth go together. Here, it's it's different. It smells much different than it than it tastes. But it is a very very tasty uh, whiskey. It's very sweet, um, even on ice, it, which is how we're drinking it today. Um, it is it is very very sweet. There's little or no peat. Or, or smoke uh, in the whiskey. Uh, it's interesting. Interesting whiskey with a very interesting story and an is- interesting distilling process. What's your thoughts, Jimbo? What do you think? I like it. I've, uh, I'm have i a recent whiskey convert. Um, our good friend Kurt Hilla got me going on some whiskey a few years ago. And, you know, obviously you know I was with AB for a long time, so I was a devout beer guy. My, my liked my Budweiser. But as I've come to drink more whiskeys i've had you know some that i really like and since you've started the show and you have this nice collection i'm becoming a bigger fan because <laughs> you're you're tasting some really good whiskeys and let me tell you these are smooth yeah this wow. is re- this is really good really really good stuff. i love so the finish if you if you get a chance go out and find yourself some defiant american single malt whiskey i think you'll enjoy it um so let's go let's go back really quickly um you got the mike Matheny episode coming out tonight tonight is friday uh, the twentieth of right. January, by the way, yep. um, and so the Matheny episode is coming out tonight. In your opinion, and I think I know the answer to this question, uh, but in your opinion, is the Matheny Manifesto 
really must re- is it a must read for um, for parents of any sports age kids or is it just baseball? Oh, absolutely. Any any sports age kid, any because uh, you know I've told people you know I've I've gotten some emails from some softball people. Hey hey, and it's like hey wait a minute. This show that I'm doing, it's called Youth Baseball Talk, but really, we again, to your point, we talk about a lot of different things, and they just apply to, to, to kids in general with sports. But the book, like I said, what I get out of the book is um, when it comes to the, the – the, it's – again, I, his message is fairly clear, and I applaud him for this because it would be – you know, a guy in his position, this is not an easy thing to say, but he generally, generally is saying the parents have to take themselves out of the equation – and and I mention it in this thing somewhere along the line, and and I only remember because Chris and I were working on it today. But you know, I, I reiterate what he says, and that is, if at any time you become a part of the equation, you got to step step back. It's got to be about them and what they want, what they want to do. So, and again, that applies to every sport. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, how could it not? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, the kid has to want it. No, that's exactly right. And along those same lines. You can't you can't make somebody want something. They have to want it on their own. Um, but what what do you think are some tools that parents can use to help their kids both prepare mentally? Well, I'll, let's let's go with that one for. What are some tools that parents can use to help their help their kids prepare mentally as opposed to the physical part of the game? Well, that number one, the kids got to start thinking about the game and thinking about practice and things like that. We live in a day and age with you know. There are so many distractions. Now, that is something that I do think the parents can help, especially the younger kids, with distractions. I, listen, my kids, are n- neither me nor my kids are anywhere remotely perfect. We are part of that problem. I started last year when we went, when we got to the baseball field and we'd go, we'd, all the phones, give them to me. We're getting rid of the phones. We're playing baseball here. Now, listen, that's, this is not a, a, a war crime camp or anything like that. But, guys, we're here to play baseball. And, again, I, I go, keep going back to my own kids because that's the only ones I really like to talk about. Um, you know, someday you're going to go to work. And if you get on your phone at work, your boss is not going to be happy. Right. You know? And for the parents, you know, I think they can help instill that in their kids of, hey, you know, it's not just all fun and games all the time. You know, you're going to have to take this serious and you're going to have to do these things. And, you know, but, again, as parents, we're an example. So if you sit there and tell your kid – you got to stay off your phone. You can't, and then you're on it all the time. You're doing all this kind of stuff. It's kind of hard to, to push that message across. So, to our point earlier, I mean, I think it's just as much on the parents as it is the kids. There's no doubt about it. And I think the parents walk a fine line too between, hey, this is work. This is not all fun and games. And and oh, by the way, this should really, really be fun. And they also walk a fine line between staying, staying involved and making. Uh, making whatever it might be, whether it's baseball or it's the chess club or it's band or it's football or it's dance or whatever, making it aspirational for the kid and saying, "Hey, look, here's what here's what you can do if you really love this." And it, but but you gotta love it, and you know, so staying involved enough to make it aspirational, but not staying involved so much that they that they smother. So it is a really really uh, you know high thin tightrope that parents have to walk have to walk, and I think that. To your point, the, the the parents have to get the kids thinking about the game, but at the same time, parents have to constantly reassess how they're approaching their kids and and how their kids are reacting to their input and their oversight. Let me tell you, and and this is as honest as I can be about it. For the people out there that know me personally, they would be shocked to know that 
you know, Logan plays soccer as well. He plays the Gallagher soccer. I would challenge you to find any parent at any game to come and say, you know, that I'm yelling, screaming, making a peep. You know, I, I, you know, I coach him in baseball, so I'm obviously involved in the in the day to day, minute to minute things that go on. But but it used to, it didn't used to be that way. You know, when I, you know, now I've made the conscious effort to let him play, let him get coached, let him deal with it, and you know, and deal with it. Now Tyler, high school last year. Same thing. I have some very good friends that had probably seen me at my worst a few years ago that now saw me last year. And I think, you know, for the most part, I'm human. But for the most part, I think I did a great job of just sitting over there and letting him do his thing. And, you know, it worked out real nice for him last year and things went well. But, you know, that's an adjustment to to say, you know what, I'm here to support. Um, To Mike Matheny's thing, I'm here to clap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm here to, you know, I'm not here to... Give him that look from the stands and get your elbow up or or why aren't you hitting the cutoff man or what you know what? He's got coaches for that and he also, especially now, is at the time where he and the coaches will tell the good coaches will tell you this, you better be able to figure it out for yourself too. Right. So, you know. No, that's exact I mean, you're 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 a changed man. I think the Matheny stuff has changed and and any time that you're big enough to make the changes, I think it's a big step. And so for all those out there that are, you know, who feel like to a certain extent, we might be a little bit preachy or a little bit, uh, you know, coming down on parents. Everybody can. Everybody's got to parent their own way. Everybody's got to got to coach their own way. They've got to do their own thing. But you know, listen to your kid a little bit and, and see see what their what their feedback is. You know, the disclaimer on this is: if any of you see me at the diamond this summer and I come up off my bucket over a poor poor call, please please cut me a little slack. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm, that's my new thing this year is to, is to leave the umpires alone. So yeah. I'm working on it. I just want everybody to know that. Exactly, the old reformed imperfect yes. man. Yes, I am. Um, so with all that, you, you've you've like I said earlier, you've done a huge amount of research and and you know on a day to day basis on this stuff. Given everything that you've learned in the last five years about this and and all the things you learned before that, what's your definition of success? Happiness. You know, and it. it I'll start with me. Um, you know what makes me happy. You know, and and you know, I, I. It's sad. I mean, I've been through it. We all we all do it. I think we all have to do things every day as part of our life where you know we we look at them like, well, this is what I have to do. It's not what I want to do. You know. Um, it's okay, I think, for me to say this now, thanks to you. I'm doing something I'm really, really passionate about. Not that I, you know, ha- thought I had it bad before, but I feel like every day when I come to work, I really love coming to work, which is a great thing. And I encourage all people that if your situation's not what you want it to be, if you can do something about it, do it. But to me, it's happiness. It's for the kids, too. So that goes back to the whole thing. If this is what they really want, support them. Let them be happy. Now, that doesn't mean let them do whatever they want to do. We still have to parent. But I think if we get them on the right path and let them prepare, let them grow up, let them fail, let them make mistakes, let them learn, they will find what and, – and to my point about the conversation, they will find what they're passionate about. No doubt. Well, brother, thanks for coming in. Cheers. I appreciate it. Best of luck on the podcast. Um, for those of you out there listening to The Whiskey Philosopher, uh, on behalf of myself and producer Chris and – Jim Cromer with Youth Baseball Talk. We all appreciate you, you spending the time with us. Um, folks, you can go to the iTunes podcast store uh, and subscribe to to this podcast, and please also go subscribe to Youth Baseball Talk. Um, and we certainly hope to see you next week. Thanks again for your time. Cheers, everybody. Oh! 
You're listening to The Whiskey Philosopher with Jeff Cooper on the Ignotainment Media Network. Visit us at www.ignotainment.com. <laughs>